And we are live with Mr. Ivy Sarya. How are you, sir? What's up? Good, Ali. How are you? Good, man. Good, good. Just chilling, you know. Came back thanks, from work for right having here. me. Thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, so some of the things I want to talk to you about. We had a great phone call the other day where we uh, talked about, you know, some of the current issues that's happening right now. I mean, we're not, we're not experts by any means, but, you know, we both like to do, do a lot of research. We both like to know what's going on and get uh, our information from many reliable sources, like instead of just one source. And, sure. uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm looking at only one source, which is worldometers.info, which tells us, you know, how many coronavirus cases there are in the world. And we've almost hit 2 million cases. And 611,000 of those cases are in the, are in the United States. You're joking. I mean, yeah, man, it's, <laughs> I wish I was, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy what's happening oh, in the United my. States. Jesus. Yeah, no, dude, that is, uh, I think that just speaks on a, honestly, I think that just speaks to a lot of incompetence in uh, the American administration then. Because, I mean, we knew that this was coming for a long time. We knew it was happening in China. We heard all about what was happening in Italy. So, you know, there was plenty notice to prepare for this. I don't know why they're caught with their pants down there. Well, here's what I think happened, right? I mean, um, it hit New York the hardest by far. Like, it's not even close with anywhere else. As to like, as to like New York alone has two hundred two thousand cases. Like, if they, if New York on its own was a country with yeah. two hundred two thousand cases, they would rank second after the USA. That's yeah, they crazy. would be second. Like, they have New York alone has more cases than any other country in the world. That's crazy. Which uh, is, by which the is way, crazy. do you know how yeah. many? Do you know how many Italy has now? Italy, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it has yeah. 162,000. So Italy seems to be on the downward trend. Uh, I mean, they're getting about 2,000 new cases a day. When right. I look at their uh, at their stats, yeah, they've been going you know slowly downward for the past uh, for, for like like for the past few weeks, which is of course a good thing. People yeah, are starting sure. to like they've been distancing. Yeah, but. Today, it was announced that here in Ontario, that schools would not resume on May 4th, as it was previously planned. So, with that being said, I do not think there is any way classes can resume. for the, like, like Probably the the not. Probably not, but I mean, it's for the best, right? Because you want the curve to flatten. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. Um, I don't know if you heard today's news, but you know Florida just deemed... Uh, Sports and the central service, like the state of Florida in America. I heard they deemed WWE essential. I don't know about all sports. Yeah, yeah, UFC too. Yeah, because you know, uh, (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, you know how, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Dana White tried buying a private island to host the UFC. Yeah, yeah, The Khabib versus Ferguson one, right? Yes. Uh, I guess now if, you know, they can do it on American soil, that would make it a lot easier. It would. Well, it's not going to happen, though. It's not going to happen. Like yeah, the, there's, there's a complete lack of uh, caution about this, you know? Like, a pandemic's not a joke, especially when we don't have a vaccine. If we don't want this to get super bad, and it's already gotten insanely bad, but if we just don't want it to get exponentially worse, we got to take all the proper precautions. I agree, man, yeah. And, you know, something interesting about the Spanish flu is that the Spanish flu also had more than one wave in, in 1918 to, to 1920, yeah, and what happened was the first wave was barely like there were very few infections. I mean, at least like I don't know like the exact numbers, but the worst one where over 17 million people died was during the second wave. 
of the infection. And we haven't even hit the first wave of this infection yet. Like first wave of coronavirus yet. We're still, yeah, the, like, we're still the first wave. It's not, no, I, I don't think it's over. Just because, I mean, it's common sense to look at it this way. Okay, now let's say everyone in a month from now, say today's April 14th. So I'll say on May 14th, the government says, okay, you know what? Everyone go outside. Everyone quarantine's over. Go outside. You're free. Okay, no problem. Everyone's going to go outside. People are going to want to party. They're going to want to go outside to malls. They're going to want to go outside to eat. They're going to want to go to the beach. And the weather's going to be nice. So they're going to be all outside. Within a week, we're going to have a huge surge in cases. Within a week. Yeah. Oh, what yeah, I think would happen. Sure. Yeah. No, that's why I think, if anything, you know, they kind of caught a – they have to kind of just roll our uh, privilege back privileges back slowly you know like first maybe you can start public shopping in a couple weeks and then Mm -hmm. i don't know let casual drives happen again (laughs) you let everything you know kind of just go at once that's going to create a lot of chaos yeah but and the thing is you know uh like i feel like people in canada i mean i mean i'm only talking talking for canada because i live here i live in i i live in toronto and i live in ontario they're handling it very nicely because people i mean for the most part People are staying inside. They're avoiding contact with each other. Everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's got hand sanitizer. Everyone's maintaining social distance. So I feel in that regard, we're handling it really well as a society. For sure. Of course, of course you have like the few, you know, like the few uh, people who fall through the cracks, people who just don't want to listen to the rules, people who just want to do whatever they want. I mean, those people always exist everywhere, but I feel like we're handling it particularly well. No, I agree. I agree. It's because everyone wants hockey night back on. <laughs> man, I, I miss sports, man. Yesterday, I actually had a podcast with, uh, with Nick. You know Nick. Yeah, yeah. And we had a podcast episode just about sports. And we talked about NBA. We talked about uh, hockey. We talked about football. It was a good one, man. And we just oh, really man, missed I, I should have come to that one. <laughs> should have, man. It was, I, sh- I should have invited you. Next time we have a sports podcast, uh, it'll be us three. We'll talk, you know. Uh, no, sports is definitely uh, a missing thing that's making all this way harder, though. I mean, dude, I right mean, now, if we, yeah. If we had all our sports, this mm-hmm. would be so much easier. Yeah, like right now, NBA playoffs were like, sh- like, like should have been just about to start. NHL playoffs should have been just about to start. NFL draft is happening really soon in like in like a week or two. So like, it's it will be an exciting time for sports at the moment. But for now sure. people are worried about sports maybe not coming back, like maybe next season being affected. And not having it. Probably, yeah. I mean, I know that uh, Adam Silver, who, like, to those of you who don't know, is the NBA commissioner. He basically planned to have the finals end by the Labor Day weekend. But if he wants to do that and also have a regular season, which Mm -hmm. all the owners and players are super pushing, then he needs to have the season start again by July 1st. Right. But I mean, realistically, if that happens, that's what's that going to look like to me? That's going to look like playerless arenas, Mm -hmm. um, which obviously is better than no sports. But like to anyone that's a sports fan, like you guys know that having actual fans and like a roaring crowd is literally the lifeblood of any sport. If you've seen a sport being played where there's no crowd, it is so dull in comparison. You can hear all the players talking and yelling. And it's like, I should not be hearing this. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, if I had to choose that or no sports at all, I'm grateful to have uh, Absolutely, any me games. Too. Yeah. yeah. Man, I think that's also one one problem that we have as a society. 
which is also why COVID has been so difficult to fight, getting people to quarantine and social distance. It's that we're really used to having a lot of privileges. And uh, we do genuinely forget what's important at the time. Like you, you mentioned the Spanish flu, right? In 1918. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. If you think of how much harder life was back then, I mean, those people, those poor people just finished fighting a world war. Yeah, and then like they also literally that pandemic. same year. That same yeah. year is when it started. Exactly. Yeah. Think about that. And now because we have to take a break from, you know, Friday night drinks with your buddies or, I don't know, Saturday night Raptors game, we think it's the end of the world. <laughs> but realistically, we're so lucky to be alive right now. And, uh, I agree, man. Yeah, hundred percent. We we really have to preserve, you know, what we got because what we what we've got is good, but uh, that requires cooperation. So, I mean, that's why everyone's got to do their part, in my view. So part of that is social distancing, mm-hmm. but uh, I know it's hard. I know it's hard because uh, I was. That's one thing you and I were talking about on the phone, right? Is uh, mm-hmm. probably COVID is bad. But then if you think about the other negative effects that COVID's going to bring, this whole thing starts looking way worse. I mean, a lot of experts have been saying that we might be stuck in quarantine for a whole year. <laughs> and if you think about how crazy that is, Man, right? That's crazy, like, yeah. uh, Ali, imagine millions of people staying inside in their house, not being able to see anybody for months on end. What's that going to look like? Dude, mental yeah, health. Mental that's health gonna be messed up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. for sure. Depression, like, suicide, like going up through the roof. Obesity. Yeah. yeah, divorce rates. Yeah, obesity. I have actually a friend of mine uh, owns a law firm that deals in uh, criminal and family law. And they're talking about how now is the busiest time. Uh, they really? Were even busier. Wow. Yeah, they're busier now than they were before the pandemic because I guess couples that have unstable relationships wait, together. Wait, so these, these couples are filing for divorce during the quarantine. Man, I'm not here to judge people's life choices, but, but yeah, that's pretty much what's happening. No, 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 here's the thing. Yeah. The thing is, they're filing for divorce, and they still got to live together. That's yep. so I know. Oh my God, that is yeah. so bad. That is, that is a terrible situation to be in, man. That is terrible. S- stupid comes in all shapes and sizes, but yeah, oh, that's, that's what happens. I, you know, I, feel, I, I feel bad for those people, man, but man, that's just a terrible oh. situation to be in. I mean, you know, if you can't be with your husband or wife, uh, for more than a couple of weeks without, you know, long breaks, then mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I don't, well, I'm not judging anyone's relationship, but <laughs> maybe you should have thought a bit more about that before going uh, in. Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they had their, I'm sure they had their own reasons for it. You know, like maybe it was just like a building point and then this just, it maybe like escalated it through the roof. You know, but Probably. You know, I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure they mean, had their reasons. Look, when you look at divorce rates nowadays, right? I think it's about 60% of newlyweds get divorced. Jesus, um, that's such a high number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, you know what? It's uh, You can't just take that statistic at face value, though. I was actually reading a few articles on how that breaks down. And it's usually an economic, like a social or economic issue where I think it's people that make around or under... 35,000 US uh, per okay. household are the ones that have the highest divorce rates. So basically hmm. people that are either like working class or poor, uh, I see. They, they're the ones with more fractured families. I think divorce statistics between like middle and upper class people have maintained relatively consistent as far back as, I don't know, like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, for, so if you're making $35,000 US a year per household, that, that means one of two things. 
either both you and your partner are both working very like very low dead end wage jobs, like jobs where you're getting paid the absolute minimum wage, or yeah. there's only one person in the family who's working. That's exactly. I mean. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. the times, you know, uh, you definitely hear those stories of, uh, you know, kids that uh, have a single mom, but uh, she get, then gets a boyfriend who's, you know, a bit more of a deadbeat. And so he kind of lives on, you know, social security or whatever. And then mm-hmm. she ends up being the sole breadwinner of the family. I'm sure that counts for a lot of those kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's also poor people societally have a lot of uh, struggles and barriers that people in a middle and upper classes don't really have. Um, like being poor is harder in a lot of ways. You don't, you have to work harder for what you have. You don't get as many accesses to opportunities. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, the uh, uh, inner city cultures that exist because of poverty are really bad for familial mm-hmm. cohesion. So that's absolutely why, agree. You know, yeah. Divorce rate gets really high sometimes. Well, not just that, but, but, but you got to look at, you know, if you don't have, if you're not, okay, if you have a lack of money in your family, you just like the schools your kids go to, the food you eat, the area you, the area you live in, the For car sure. you drive, if you got a car, you know, oh, all yeah. these are a factor and everything affects, uh, affects the livelihood of your family. For sure. Why it's so hard to escape those poverty. And also something else uh, I, I want to connect this to, if yeah. you were, and you had, uh, if you, and, and you had like a regular job, if you were a server, for example, and like, and you got a family, or if you're, if you're a retail worker, or if you're, if you're a minimum wage job and this pandemic hits and all of a sudden you're out of a job. Yeah. No savings. Then, well, depending on the country you're in, you can be in some real dire straits. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I mean even yeah. here, when we're talking about like economic problems associated with COVID, because like I said, it's not just COVID we got to worry about. COVID brings in a whole bunch of issues. Mm-hmm. Like if you're living a paycheck to paycheck, right? And then you can't afford rent. And then... Uh, recently the premier who's kind of like a governor but for canada to uh mm-hmm. you know your american audience uh he basically said that if you don't have money for rent you don't have to pay rent right now and that will quote unquote figure it out later but what about landlords that have invested millions in their properties right they need money because they're also in some ways living paycheck to paycheck so i mean when you tell people that they don't have to pay money so that they can keep their home um, if the landlord doesn't have money, he's going to sell the property, right? To cut yeah. his losses. And then that's going to leave you without a home. What's the other option? I guess the government can help bail out the landlord, but then where's the government going to get all this money? You might say taxes, you might say whatever, but if everyone's out of a job and there's no new money being made, what are you going to tax? Very good question. And yeah. I, and I really hope we don't find out the answer to that question. Man, I really hope I, I, I just think that when the answer for that question needs to arise, we better have a darn good one. Because right oh. now, I mean, this is also a pretty unprecedented time, man. Like I said, last big time there was a pandemic was 1918, but the world was a lot harder of a place back then. Uh, we've gotten used to a lot of privileges, a lot of comforts. But what that means is we haven't had huge, huge conflicts in a couple generations now. So you don't know how to deal with something like this. There's no blueprint. It's yeah, unprecedented. No like right now, everyone's just kind of, it's kind of touch and go, you know, we're kind of, it's like the, 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 what's the saying? Like the blind, lead, the stupid leading the blind. The no blind leads the blind. Yeah. Yeah. The blind leading the blind. Like no one knows what to do right now because this has never happened. There's no manual about it. 
It's not even like you can ask other countries for foreign aid because everyone is experiencing this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so messed up what, like, what's happened. Like, again, like I said, like, this has never happened before. And, no. you know, we just got, I feel like we just got too caught up in society because now that, that there's an actual problem, all of a sudden you see uh, keyboard warriors or people who fight for something they believe in, but it's absolutely, it's, like, it's a pointless belief. Some beliefs, like people will go and fight for them actively, like on social media. They'll go to rallies for, for like, like for certain things, and yeah. it doesn't really have anything to benefit anyone. Do you have like a like, specific example in mind? Uh, well, something I can think of is uh, okay. Telemarketers, okay, for example, like take t- telemarketers. Did you right. get, ha- have you gotten any any calls from from tele- telemarketers recently? Surprisingly, no. I haven't either. Nobody has. Yeah. It's because they are also out of a job for whatever reason. <laughs> Although I, I think they should be calling because they're at home and they can call them yeah. at home. Everyone's so, at home. Know, yeah. Man. But like, yeah. I mean, what are they going to say? Hey, window installation. Like, sorry, I'm not letting anyone in my house <laughs> in or around my house. Like no one yeah. wants anything right now. All they want is to be alive. Everybody wants to be alive. Like people are fighting for something now. Everyone's in it together. And yeah. if you go outside, like I, like I drive to work all the time. I, I take walks around my neighborhood uh, yeah. Kids have painted their driveways with chalk. Oh yeah, I mean, positive I messages all the time. Yeah. It's like we're in this together. Stay safe. Stay apart. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, everyone's looking out for each other. Like, if you see people down the street, people are saying hi to each other. Like, of course, from a distance, they're waving at each other, saying, "Hey, are you doing okay? You holding up?" Neighbors are are seeing how each other each other are doing. I feel like we've gotten more in that regard. We're staying apart, but we're more inter- interconnected than ever before. I agree. I think that in times of hardship, it's good because it re- lets you remember what's important. At the end of the yeah. day, you know, our iPhones, our, uh, our, our meetings with friends and our jobs and all these things, they're important. But I feel like a lot of the time, uh, society has developed, especially in the last few decades, in crazy ways in terms of technology, medicine. Like we can do things that are even our grandparents or parents have never imagined. But we've lost a lot of human connection. So even though lately we kind of scaled back on these developments because we're so vulnerable to COVID, uh, it's helped us really, you know, remember what's important. Yeah, I fully agree. And, you know, I believe in a higher power. I think this pandemic is in a way, it's a message to us as uh, like to us saying, hey, listen, you guys forgot what it's like to be human. You guys forgot what it's like to care for one another. You guys have been too caught up in chasing likes, in chasing the next vacation place, in chasing things that aren't real. So, and now look at us, man. Like now we're all looking out for one another, even though we're all still concerned about ourselves, we're also concerned about our neighbors. For sure. I, I like feel, that, yeah. man. That's the stuff I like to see. I like to see, uh, it's something, because, uh, I was a poli-sci major, like political science in university. And uh, when a society has, you know, a bunch of tight-knit communities, that's something we call social capital, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the same as, like, you know, when you think of regular capital, which is money, but say, like, social capital, it means there's a lot of socialness and social cooperation. So Mm -hmm. right now I find there's a time when we're increasing in social capital instead of, you know, actual money capital because Mm -hmm. we care more about each other. Um, I, it, I, it's I, nice I, it's nice there's more cooperation this means people will care more about their communities more about their neighbors 
uh, you know, they kind of brought, brought back to the last. I sincerely up? hope it lasts. I sincerely hope like this genuine kindness towards one another where we actually care about one another lasts. And, you know, I mean, as you know, there are a lot of people out there that are fake, but nowadays for sure, it's, it's also disappeared as well because now it's, you ask someone how they're doing, you're, you're being genuine to them. Like you're, like you're not asking just for the sake of asking, you're being genuine. Yeah. Cause there's a chance they're really not doing well. Very high chance. Yeah. I think that a lot, like a lot, whether this really translates into um, having more prosperity socially when things uh, get back to normal is really going to depend on how crazy things get right now, how long we're going to be in quarantine, and how much that's really going to shape people's psyche. Because you know, a lot of the time when people are down on their luck, they make all sorts of you know new realizations, new promises yada yada but then once you know things get back to normal they forgot these things as soon as they learned them so i mean who knows dude this i don't pandemic, know it's, it's, it's really gonna have to see on how much this pandemic changes our society like if it lasts pandemic? for a couple months maybe not but Ugh, if it's like for over a year maybe yeah, that'd be terrible but dude this pandemic like compared to other deadly diseases it's not even that bad for example no. did you know this animals right have over 1.5 million diseases, like o- among animals that have not mm-hmm. been exposed to humans. Of yeah. these 1.5 million diseases, we've as humans have discovered 3,000 of them. Now, when you actually fact, fact that, make that into a percentage, that is less than 0.01%. So we have discovered 0.01% of the diseases that could kill us from animals. That's crazy. Yeah, that is something that that's that's something that you know people ignore because this it's a very natural thing. Nature doesn't care. Nature right. does not care about us. Nature exactly. has, r- r- like runs its course. If we're there for the ride, we're there for the ride. If we're not, it doesn't care. Something else very interesting. You know the mad cow disease. Yeah. So the mad cow disease once it was eradicated and they were running experiments. Some scientists what they did is they put this disease onto some utensils. And then they took the utensils and then put them through uh, high-grade washers. And they ran them through these high-grade washers three times, three cycles. Right. Now, it's over 1,000 degrees of hot water, steam, soap, just very, very hot. It's a very hot area, these, you know, like these washers. Right, you know, right. Bunk so what happened after? Times. What happened after is this disease was still alive on these utensils. It was not dead get out of here yeah it was alive which is crazy so you know like if that happens to us to humans like that that mad cow disease oh yeah it happened to humans man you know ebola has only killed about uh sorry not ebola covid has only killed about three and a half percent of the total infected population if you just yeah. take it statistically that means you get COVID, people yeah, there's a 90, like, there's only a 1 in 20 chance that you'll die, which obviously, like, you never want to have that chance at all. Mm-hmm. But compared to other viruses, like Ebola, for example, I think Ebola's death rate was 90%. So one is, like, you know, if you're unhealthy, really? then there's a wow. chance. Yeah, whereas Ebola, it's, man, if you get Ebola, like, you might as well, you know, say your goodbyes. Man, that's, that's so hard to think about, man, like... Yeah, well, um, it's a thing with viruses, though. It's uh, my friend who he has a PhD in some kind of immunology or 
some outlandish science, you know, a very smart guy. He basically said that uh, nature balances viruses between uh, how infect, like infectability or like their infectious rate and their lethality. So generally viruses that are more contagious, like Corona, for example, uh, are way less lethal, whereas Ebola is only really transmitted through blood. It's not mm. airborne. Like you can't sneeze on someone and then like have them touch their face and they'll get Ebola. Yeah, um, 3.4% of uh, COVID-19 cases have died. Then, and the seasonal flu kills less than, like far fewer than 1%. So if you look at that, if you say the, uh, the flu is 1%, uh, it kills 1% of people infected, that means the coronavirus is 200 and almost 250% higher than the than the seasonal flu it's de- that's how much deadlier it is oh yeah well we've had well listen it's not that the virus on its own is deadlier than the seasonal flu the seasonal flu kills less people because we have flu shots True. once yeah, we get right. a shot for covid everything's gonna go back to normal i don't doubt i that. really hope so man yeah and i i mean vaccines i know generally take a long time to develop and the reason it's going to take 12 to 18 months is because everyone is working on it it generally takes a few years, up to 15 years for vaccines to develop. But now, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be in. surprised, Ali, I wouldn't be surprised if one even comes out faster because uh, it, it, until this thing gets eradicated, the global market's pretty much at a standstill. And you know how the global market works. If it's not moving, it's crashing. So mm-hmm. what that means is the longer businesses are out of business for, longer people aren't working, the worse and worse, everything's going to get for everybody. So I don't doubt that everyone in the position of power right now has all the money and all the best people working on this right now. So I'm optimistic that we'll find a vaccine soon because this is really going to test, you know, the limits of human achievements. And I'm really hoping that nobody disappoints. I really hope not. So, you know, stay indoors, man. Just stay indoors. Only go outside when necessary. Just, you know, play for the world. 100%. 100%. Because <laughs> God knows r- right now we need more than ever. You know, we need oh, this yeah, more than ever. For sure. Yeah, now's the time really not to be selfish. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> the time. It is the time. And, you know, like all the – like we just got to say what an incredible job healthcare workers all across the world are doing. Because for sure. Because every day for 18 hours, some of them, they have 18-hour shifts. And then, and then they go home for six hours – and they come back for another 18-hour shift. And I don't know how like how many days in a row they do that. It's crazy. They are oh, all yeah. right now, unless you are severely sick, you have to work. That's that, that's what they're thinking right now. Because and if it wasn't for them, right now we'd we'd have a much worse situation on our hands. So, oh yeah. For I want to sure. give a very genuine thank you to all the healthcare workers. Save your masks for them. Do not buy if you're gonna buy masks. Buy only what what you need. Don't buy any more. Don't don't hoard masks. They need yeah. There's there's a limit on masks. The uh, pharmacy down the street from my house would sell you masks for I think like ten bucks a pop, and you're only allowed two of them per person. It's actually crazy, and that's because you know there's severe rations because there's almost no masks. So that's what I mean. Like when I was saying before, especially in America, how the situation's so bad there because of you know incompetence in the administrations there mm-hmm. like it's it's similarly bad everywhere we're completely unprepared for this um not, if, we, if we weren't you know we'd have way more masks but <laughs> yeah it was interesting because i think it was a ted talk by bill gates a few years ago back in 2015 or 16 mm-hmm. where he basically had an hour-long ted talk basically saying we're lucky that there's no diseases that are as bad anymore 
But hypothetically, if a disease hits us now, like we're completely unprepared. And so far, like that's been true, like to the T. Well, I hope everyone learns learns a lesson from this. For sure. Everyone, you know, starts becoming more prepared for this stuff. Because, man, this stuff can happen and it can happen again. Oh, yeah. For sure. If anything, this is going to make people more paranoid. Like, considering the future, it'll probably make people way more paranoid about uh, the, like, the threat of diseases. This girl that I know was saying once that, uh, like, this is going to be such a good thing afterwards because it's really going to make people appreciate, like, uh, it was some kind of, like, Instagram post she was quoting saying that, Mm -hmm. oh, like, the roar of a crowded stadium like the like the like how vibrant like a full dance floor is or like mm-hmm. friday nights with friends like these things are going to be way way more sentimental and things that we appreciate mm-hmm. but i also think that it's going to really make people super paranoid at the same time too i know my fair share of germaphobes and right now this is going to kick those people into overdrive but it's going to even make normal people a lot more afraid of just going out touching things touching people yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're going to come out and we're going to be a lot more appreciative of everything that, that everything that we took for granted. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. So honestly, there's just so much to explore in terms of what's going to happen. Cause you know, you can have your ideas. I can have my ideas, but at the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, until we actually see people moving and, you know, making these kind of decisions, we're not actually going to know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. How it's going to affect people. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, brother. We are coming up here on 30 minutes. Thank you for, thank you, I, I, for, for being my guest, brother. I appreciate it. Of course. It's a pleasure. It's, it was fun talking to you, you know, like uh, just bouncing some ideas, like bouncing off some topics off you about the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, just world, 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 world ending and sports. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, since we started talking and now to the end of the podcast, there has been 4,000 more cases reported. In the last half hour? In the last half hour, yeah, for on on Worldometer. I'm like I'm seeing you right now. It That's was at insane. one million. It was at one million nine hundred ninety-two thousand. Now it's right. at one million one million nine hundred ninety-six thousand. Uh, is it like location specific? Like where is it coming from? Uh, I can't. Uh, I think probably it's, America. Yeah, America was at twenty-four thousand. Now they're at twenty-six. All right, so half of that's America. Half that's America. Yeah, it's oh my goodness. beautiful. That's crazy. Jesus Christ. Right. All right, Ali. Good right, talking to you. Thank you for talking to me. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure. See you. Have a good night. Easy.